It's part of the process somehow to be surprised a little bit too, which we don't get as much, I find, when mm -hmm. we do things digitally. and welcome to a new episode of Data Stories. My name is Moritz Stefane and I'm a freelance designer of data visualizations. And on this podcast, we talk about all issues related to data visualization, data analysis, and generally how data affects our lives. Usually uh, it's two of us, so there's Enrico Bertini, but he's missing today because I'm in London and I'm talking to Alice Toot, who does data pottery. And we wanted to use the opportunity. We were both at the Information is Beautiful Awards. And at the end, I'll give you a short update on how these uh, played out. But first, uh, the interview with Alice. Enjoy. So I'm here today with Alice Toot. Hi, Alice. Hi, Moritz. Good to meet you. Uh, we're sitting in a tiny <laughs> hotel room here in London. Yeah, <laughs> And right. it's a nice opportunity because we're both at uh, the Information is Beautiful Awards tonight. So tonight is the award ceremony and uh, we're both shortlisted. Yes. And uh, so we're quite excited yeah. to, to see uh, what the outcome will be. And of course, I had to use the opportunity when we once meet in person, which is not so often, <laughs> yeah. to grab Alice for uh, a little data stories episode together cool yeah so alice uh, can you tell us a bit about yourself and uh, what you do um yeah so um i am currently uh, doing a phd in computational media design at the university of calgary mm -hmm. with uh, sheila carpendale and um, my research is kind of um about visualizing um, personal data collections also to um let people tell stories with their data to let them kind of reflect or reminisce about their experiences. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so what we're going to talk about today, I guess, is um, a little side project of mine that kind of got is pretty related to my PhD research, mm -hmm. I guess, because the PhD takes over <laughs> everything you do in mm -hmm. some ways. Um, but mainly it started because I really love to do ceramics and mm -hmm. pottery. And um, so in this project, I kind of um, combined my uh, hobby of pottery with my um, research in personal data, I guess, yeah. to create kind of artifacts that are enriched with some visualizations of personal data um, to create some, some artifacts that you can kind of use in your everyday life and see your data more yeah. around so, so these are actual like nice looking mugs and, and bowls and, and plates that yes. are sort of enriched with the data yes, layer. Yeah. Exactly. And so I, I guess um, how this all started it was that I um, kind of as I got better with pottery, I started about two years ago and I felt more in control, got really into the decoration mm -hmm. part, which is... Um, 
really interesting to me because I'm a little bit of a control freak in my mm -hmm. normal life. And in pottery, it's kind of a little bit less predictable somehow than other media. Like if you do something digital, you have almost like complete control about mm -hmm. what it will look like. And, and it's especially when you put on the colors and then uh, put it in the in, in the, the kiln oven, right? that yeah. you come it comes out and you have to first of all like get used to it again because it will look different than yeah. you okay. you expect. It's kind of a little bit of a serendipitous process, mm -hmm. and I like that a lot. Um, and I thought it was kind of an interesting tension um, between data <laughs> and which is kind of supposed to be accurate and mm -hmm. and all that and this. Um, sort of unpredictable medium. Right. But also I kind of think that by using this um, really handmade, mm -hmm. crafty... It's very earthy also, approach, like to put your yeah. hands in the mud and Yes, the clay exactly. And, yeah. and that's not something we kind of associate with data. Usually it seems sometimes a little bit clinical or like mm -hmm. it's, it's less kind of tangible as well. I thought that... Um, Yeah, if I put so much effort into a, um, a pot or, um, yeah, like a, a mug or a bowl, um, then it has, if I, yeah, so maybe I should mention that oftentimes I make these, um, pots for other people as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. So I give a lot of them away. And I find it kind of interesting to have something where, well, I put a lot of effort into it. Mm -hmm. I've spent a lot of time with the data, kind of trying to think not only how can I best visualize it, but also how will this work if you put it in <laughs> clay decoration, which is somewhat limited, but also kind of, um, somewhat comes with its own requirements mm -hmm. so how many have you done so far how many data pottery pieces i don't actually there? know <laughs> i think it must be about like maybe about 15 or uh -huh. something yeah. like that so. for a while i was like super into it <laughs> <laughs> now i'm kind of like um not doing it quite as much when right. i go to pottery i make like usually pots without data. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you tell us a few examples of, of past uh, data pottery pieces you have done? So okay, get an so impression. Yes. So maybe the first one um, I would mention here is um, I made a set of two bowls um, about the Skype um, history, mm -hmm. um, Skype call history with my parents, mm -hmm. because I, um, since I'm doing my PhD in Canada and my parents are in Germany, we, um, kind of keep in touch over Skype. And what I wanted to do there or why I thought this was, um, a fun thing to do or interesting was because, um, it kind of represents like our Skype history kind of represents how we keep in touch, mm -hmm. how we still keep close contact. And, um, I picked cereal bowls because these are artifacts that we both encounter every morning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So basically I kept one, they got the other one. And so my idea was that every morning we will see this representation will remind us to call each other. Right. And, um, so that's one example. Then I made, um, a friend of mine in, in, um, Calgary 
recently, like about a year ago, defended her PhD thesis. It was a really great thesis, Yagoda Walni. And I made um, a mug for her mm -hmm. because she loves to drink tea. So she's a big tea person. <laughs> so I wanted to make a tea mug for her that represents her big accomplishment of her thesis. Right. So I basically visualized um, the structure of her thesis, mm -hmm. the kinds of how it breaks apart into chapters, how many pages each chapter has. But basically, this was supposed to symbolize her big accomplishment, kind of also as a trophy. So every time she has a cup of tea, she can kind of um, remember uh, her PhD time mm -hmm. together. But that's interesting because you can, on the one hand, think about the decoration layer, like the paint, yeah, but also what the actual object is and that's how well exactly. that fits into people's lives. Or That's actually super important to me. I mean, um, it's rarely arbitrary like I want to kind of encourage a specific or env envision somehow like a specific interaction mm -hmm. with the thing mm -hmm. which means like okay um the cereal ones you see it every morning I want to remind my parents every day to to call each other and also to just feel good about the fact that we kept in touch right, right. and um the teacup just because it's something she uses every day mm -hmm. it it kind of fits her personality in my in my mind um yeah so so it always is somewhat related to the person what kind mm -hmm. of object i would make right, right. yeah but then yeah the representation also usually the representation what i do or how i start is um i i pick kind of a, a relationship or an aspect of my life or the life of the other person that I think would be um, worthy of a <laughs> data pot. Mm -hmm. And then I um, basically start exploring or just see what kind of data do I actually have. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's pretty clear, but sometimes it's also uh, I have this aspect and I really want to honor it somehow mm -hmm. um, with one of these things. Um, and then you have to measure and something. And then I have to, have to count find or, something yeah. to... And oftentimes there is some kind... It's kind of crazy how much mm -hmm. data there already is to kind of pick from. Like mm -hmm. the Skype history is already there. Mm -hmm. The thesis structure is already there. So, But sometimes I would also go and actually deliberately um, collect or at least somehow distill the data from what I have. Right, right. So for example... But in principle, you have yeah. a person in mind already. Yes. And you have a topic in mind or something yes. you want to yes. like, tell them with yes. it or uh, yes. remind them of. Yeah. Yes. And then you search the data. And then I search the data and I think what fits, like what is a good trace of the experience that I exactly. want to represent. Yeah. And it's also then the data you display becomes much more symbolic and inde indexical of the actual thing you're actually talking about, that's, right? That's the idea. Yeah. I, it's, I think a lot of these turn out to be more symbolic than mm -hmm. anything else like sure. i don't imagine someone sitting there and like really trying to to read <laughs> the thing yeah, in yeah, detail yeah. it's more we um, we both know sort of what it means what it represents and then it becomes more of a symbol for this yeah. and a trace in some ways so maybe we should describe some of them a bit so you can find them on live in clay live hyphen in hyphenclay.alistut.de we'll, we will link that in the show notes of course you should take a look it's lovely pieces uh, yeah but it's yeah it's nice handmade pottery and um, they have uh, like how do you say in English like glazure a glaze uh, glaze, or, yeah, a glaze yeah. Yeah. yeah and 
it's sort of organic shapes that vary in, in height or in size. So you could think it's just a nice decoration. decoration. Or if you have looked at too many charts, you might start to <laughs> look for the See data. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it works both ways. I think it works as just an organic decoration pattern, but you can clearly see like size differences or yeah. arrangement differences. So it's it's nicely in between um, decoration and, and readable chart, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. So we started with the process already. So you have a, you have a person, you have an, a topic, you want to make a gift. Did you do one for yourself as well? I do but some a, of a them for gift. myself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you have to think of yourself. So, yeah. Then, yeah. You, then you look for a good data source. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then I start kind of playing with the data a little bit to see, okay, are there any shapes that would be interesting in a pattern or mm -hmm. that are also kind of represent or remind me of what it is. So can mm -hmm. I actually, by seeing just the chart, because there will be no labels, like I don't put any axes or numbers on it. So mm -hmm. it's more <laughs> kind of the shape of the data should somehow spark what it is about in some uh -huh. ways, yeah. you know, because yeah. you won't be able to, you don't have legends to yeah. put legends yeah, or exactly. I decide not to, I guess you could put that, but I don't, mm -hmm. I also wanted to work really as a, just a decoration for right. the piece. Um, so I, I look, okay, what really sticks out for me and makes a representative visualization. Mm -hmm. And then, um, Once I have that, I usually modify it a bit to make it look a little bit more like I do that mainly through sketching. Sometimes I can't like, for example, one I made uh, for my dad about his biking, um, three years biking data. He's very mm -hmm. Um, avid tracker of his, <laughs> of his bike rides. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I was kind of. Um, when I when I looked at the data, I kind of had this idea that I wanted to look like a wheel because mm -hmm. it's also cyclical sort of data. So it works kind of nice to make it also look like a spinning wheel. So then I have this idea, then I try to consolidate it with what the data actually look like. I do some sketches and then most of the time um, I kind of once I have this more clear idea, um, I try out some, like, if I'm not yet super familiar with the decoration techniques, because there's, in clay, there is, like, a lot of different de decoration uh -huh. techniques. You can do, like, uh, stencils, you can do slip, which uh, is, like, mm -hmm. liquid clay that you kind of drip on. Mm -hmm. And it's sometimes... You can it, etch the surface probably. Yes, you can uh, scratch into yeah. it, you can use pencils like there's just <laughs> a lot of options mm -hmm. and it's not directly always clear what um, technique will work best for right. this pattern mm -hmm. and so I try out different things usually on little tiles that are more like test tiles mm -hmm. um, to just see okay what what works and how does it work and um, sometimes I then have to throw away my idea <laughs> because sometimes they just do not work in clay right, at all right. yeah. especially like super detailed things uh -huh. um we 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 have like a high fire um kiln where i where, where i do my pottery and that's kind of you can't get like super detailed mm -hmm. with it mm -hmm. because the glazes will move and it's mm -hmm. a very organic sort of process mm -hmm. so you have to kind of see how they turn out so i do that a little bit and once i have decided okay this is the pattern and the decoration technique that i want to use then i basically create um, the basic shapes that make up the pattern, usually mm -hmm. in some 
Excel or Tableau. I've also written like a little program that makes it easy to do to kind of map it to a specific size. Because at a certain point, I have to transfer it to yeah. the pot, right. and this is actually a little bit uh, challenging because you you need it to be. Um, a certain size if you wanted to fill the whole pot mm -hmm. around yes yeah. yes so i have to measure the pot mm -hmm. then i have to go back to my computer and make the pattern yeah, yeah, yeah. fit that size and mm -hmm. print it out to scale and then somehow apply it to the pot right. so yeah so i make the basic shapes i modify them a bit um drawing over them and then depending on what kind of pattern it is if it's very spatial it usually may make sense to use as either stencils which means you cut out a piece of paper you put mm -hmm. it on mm -hmm. you paint over it or some something uh -huh. like that yeah. it's like that or to actually project it on and draw it on uh -huh. which is like super, <laughs> this really tough, yeah. involved process mm -hmm. i built a little um thing with a pico projector projecting from the top in the lab to be able to do this yeah. but it turns out that most of the time it's actually easier to, to just use stencils or mm -hmm. put, put some um directly sort of on the thing rather than yeah. using the projector and then do the first marking and then you can yes exactly color and then in, you basically. color it in. but yeah. also the other tough part is that um it's kind of a layering process oh, so yeah. you put one glaze on then you have to draw mm -hmm. over it again, again then and, you have yeah. to yeah, so so that's involved. <laughs> yeah, but it um yeah, so this is one challenge getting the thing actually on the pot. Yeah. And and I see on your process page, so sometimes you might have a very geometric like output of tableau or Excel, yes. like plain circles or something. Yeah. But then as you sketch they automatically become or as you transfer they met automatically become more organic because yeah. You have to sort of the, the more rounded lines you, and the less accurate. I tried uh, to do shape, it yeah. a little bit more like uh, at first, my first trials were a little bit more geometric, but then I, like I figured that the result was never <laughs> like that. It was <laughs> always moving and, and organic in the in the end Anyways, so, yeah. so it makes sense to sometimes just go for the or more organic patterns in the first place to be able but, to yeah not see the imperfections as such in in some way but rather mm -hmm. work with them as a yeah, part sort of, of embrace the what yeah, the material is about and not try to work against it yes right? yes yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. and then um yeah then and when i've applied it it's mainly just up to the kiln gods as the people in our pottery <laughs> studio say <laughs> just have to see what comes out yeah. <laughs> sometimes it happen that you you put some so you think you put the same thing in twice in twice and it comes out totally different oh absolutely okay. like i i have a few that are exactly the same glazes and they mm -hmm. look completely different it just depends <laughs> where in the kiln it will sit so it's absolutely impossible to completely anticipate what it will look right, like right. Yeah. um but i like that in some way it's mm -hmm. a, it's part of the um the process somehow to be surprised a little bit too sure, which we yeah. don't get as much i find when mm -hmm. we do things digitally there's little surprises you're kind of more in control of what comes out yeah. and i like this because um yeah the things that i represent are sort of personal things there's some um i don't know like some organic feel to them anyway yeah. and so having this contribute sort mm -hmm. of yeah, <laughs> the yeah. making contribute to this all kind of like organic feel 
I actually like it. I would not want it to be more precise in in some ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then But what's the rate? Like coming out of the kiln, how many do you say like how many do you throw away straight away? Uh, and how many do you say, yeah, that was a bit different than I expected? <laughs> and how many are like really cool? For for the most part, I can come to terms with how they, <laughs> yeah. how they look afterwards. Yeah. But I have redone some of them because uh -huh. it was just like not working or the pattern wasn't showing up. Mm -hmm. It sometimes happens. Um, and then, then I remake them. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's usually a little bit different than expected. But sometimes even in a good way, <laughs> like mm -hmm. sometimes you can be pleasantly surprised as well. Right. And sometimes it just takes a day or two of looking at them and then you like them really <laughs> yeah. before yeah. you're like, oh, this is not what I thought. But yeah, that's that's part of it somehow. Yeah. yeah. So how do people react when you give them to them? Do they say, Alice, you're a total nerd? Or do, they sort of <laughs> do you have to bring me down to pottery? When... No, I actually, people are usually pretty happy when they get one. <laughs> Maybe good. they have to say that. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think they like it. I think there is something to like, just putting a lot of effort into these. Right. And I think people yeah. can feel it, that mm. it that it yeah it's like this whole manual thing it makes it somehow mm. um it's made especially it's, for them yes right? it's, it's made exactly. about them and takes a long time to yeah. make and i think that's yeah. i mean who has a cup who which is about them yeah. i mean you know it's, it's quite a big thing actually. maybe like, like the photo cups yeah. you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. but, no, um, but it's, yeah. this one is not even about them really because yeah it's just yeah. a photo on a cup but yeah. this one is really about uh, a person right? and also Kind of, yeah, I thought through it somehow and that I think they, they feel special, mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, most people are pretty happy. I'm actually also kind of really liking the ones I kept. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so you keep using them keep, and you keep thinking of yes. what they stand for. Yeah, yeah. that's the, the funnest part is that somehow these, usually these data sources are kind of, hidden away or you don't really get a chance to reflect on them in your everyday life and t unless you make a deliberate act to to go and like I don't know look at your Skype history but in this case um I just come across as a like I pour a cup of tea and I'm like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it's it's kind of neat that they're so embedded into my my everyday life mm -hmm. I really like mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. um What I'm starting to wonder kind of about is that if I, so for me, I found that actually the process of making them is almost more reflective than having the artifact, the end result. The mm. end result. So mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time thinking about the data, the relationship it represents or the experience it represents while I make them because mm -hmm. I have to go through everything. And then when I have the artifact, I have this sort of story still in my head, mm. all the things that I discovered during making them, where if I give it as a gift, the The you person, don't share that much, Yes, right? I, I mm. kind of talk about it, but I think 
the other person doesn't really have that. And I also noticed... That's very selfish of you. Yeah, it's kind of selfish. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's really actually even possible for people to read them after a while. That's why I like Mm -hmm. I started with these elaborate like patterns. For example, the the one I made for my dad about the biking Mm -hmm. has, I think, like three different data um things in in it like the the distance he biked the number of times he biked in this in this time and and the speed or something and i i wonder if he can really actually tell which or like remember which is which um i think it's actually like this asymmetry is actually quite interesting because for you it serves as a meditation on a person and the topic right and and so you have this whole long drawn out process and this basically the gift you give yourself <laughs> yes and, and, yeah, and, totally. and the other person gets just like the end of that yes yeah. they have the thing which yeah, is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. but yeah i really value this part where i just sit down and i'm thinking oh what what can i even use what data then look at it all this is super central to to making this worthwhile mm-hmm. for me as well mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. So what's next? Is there anything you want to try out? Is there any like form you haven't explored yet? I actually thought <laughs> like recently, I don't know if I will do this, but um, so here it's all functional pottery. So this means do you, you can use the end product. Right. It's, yeah. it's really, um, yeah, like a, Everyday. a, a functional thing, yeah. a, a cup or a teapot or something like that. And I'm getting kind of interested also in doing more sculptural work mm-hmm. with data yeah. so that's something i'm i'm starting to get inter- interested in but it's kind of like okay it will be more of a just a decoration in your room then you won't it won't be so embedded into mm-hmm. everyday mm-hmm. life and i wonder mm-hmm. um how can maybe consolidate those things right. somehow uh, is there something in between maybe i mean yeah i just think that um yeah, clay as a medium, like if you are doing three-dimensional kind of sculptures, it's a lot more versatile than um, the f- sort of flat decoration on the outside. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of um, thinking it could be really interesting to to do something more that encodes data in the shape rather than the surface right, decoration. Right, right. Yeah. But um, yeah, I haven't really gotten to it yet. Mm-hmm. I was try it out and see um, how I like it and how I also like like living with them or giving them. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you give people um, a mug or a teapot, they can directly use it, right. and it's somehow and the sculpture is like yeah. catches uh, dust. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And do you right? want like, to uh, yeah. want someone else to like decorate your living room by giving you a sculpture? And what if right. you don't want to put it out? Like yeah. then you, I yeah. come over. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have it anywhere. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so I, it's less, maybe that would be more of a personal project rather than as much of a social one mm-hmm. than this. This is works super yeah. well as a gift. The other one would probably work better for myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of next, nice. I yeah. think. And what you told me before, which I think is nice, so you started as coming out of a hobby, basically, and then sort of <laughs> it, it got infected with the PhD <laughs> yeah, topic. Totally but now did. you can also work it into a research yeah. uh, topic again, which it's is kind the, of nice. It's yeah. really funny. It's going to be actually <laughs> part of my thesis now. <laughs> exactly. So why not? Yeah. <laughs> because I realized that it's actually quite related um but yeah it didn't start out this way and actually making it into part of my thesis also made it 
more stressful than it started out as like okay, and the, yeah, 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 yeah because sure. then it becomes like this thing and you have to make a contribution with it and mm -hmm. and so on and you're kind of um less free mm -hmm. i think it was good that it started out as a hobby and i didn't even think about making something related to my work with it because right, um that no but if you had started as a research topic then you would have thought oh and then i have to produce all this clay and probably i have to do like different identical pieces so i can test it independently exactly. or, you know what not yeah. and then you think like ah oh, it's way too complicated yeah. so you wouldn't never would have done it exactly and... yeah i think it was useful for the project that it wasn't yeah. directly set out to be this yeah. part of my PhD. that's great no that's, yeah. uh, i really like it and i especially like i like this this whole gift aspect i, I never yeah. thought about this much like the to to gift uh, a day of representation what that means and and how that's yeah so meaningful it can be so meaningful. yeah yeah, yeah. it's difficult me. actually um in the sense that as i said before you wanted to also work for the other person exactly, it's not yeah. just like you have to be able to to make sense of it but someone else so yeah there's actually a lot of interesting research in that itself yeah like how to make data gifts whole other story yeah whole other data story very nice that was super interesting Thank thanks so you. much yeah, uh, it's fascinating work it. and fingers crossed for tonight oh yeah yeah maybe we should do a little update tomorrow morning when we're hungover and yeah same for either you either very <laughs> avoided or very awardless we will see <laughs> yeah thanks Moritz yeah. thanks for coming <laughs> So that was the conversation with Alice, fascinating project and uh, can't wait to see if uh, any of our listeners would also make a few data pottery pieces. If so, uh, send us pictures. Uh, I'm really curious. Um, as we hinted at, um, this was at the morning of the Information This Beautiful Awards ceremony. And in the evening, it turned out Alice actually received an honorable mention for her project. So that's wonderful. Congratulations again. Um, generally, it was a really good award ceremony and a hugely uh, just great quality field of submissions and awardees. Um, I was also lucky. So I won with uh, the Rhythm of Food project for Google News Lab uh, Gold and uh, Bronze for the Train um, Peak Spotting project we did together. Uh, for Deutsche Bahn. So um, I'm honored here myself. And generally there were, yeah, lots of great, great projects uh, awarded. Big winners were, I think, density design. Uh, the putting had multiple pieces. And uh, there was, of course, uh, data sketches from Shirley Wu and especially Nadi Bremer. And Nadi in general, uh, I think, was the, the biggest winner of this ceremony and she had uh, three awards. So that's quite amazing. Um, but there were also many other winners you might know already from past Data Stories episodes, such as Kim Albrecht, uh, Dominikus Bauer. Uh, also, I was super pleased to see Miriam Quick and Valentina De Filippo win uh, with the Auditivis project. Um, a silver medal for periscopic. So many, many uh, of the people you might know from listening to data stories. Check out uh, all the awards. Like the whole shortlist is fantastic, actually. So <laughs> go to the site and, and just browse, browse the entries. There's a lot of beautiful stuff to see. And what I also really enjoyed is that this year there were even more international, like non-European US um uh, entries and, and winners. Uh, so we had winners from China, from India, from Russia. And I think it's great um, that we widened the horizon there a bit. 
Anyways, looking forward to next year. It's always a great pleasure to review the year in DataViz <laughs> through the Information is Beautiful Awards. And yeah, uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, do support us on patreon.com slash data stories. Um, we are all crowdfunded, so we need your support. So if you enjoy this podcast, uh, just think about if it's, yeah, maybe you can chip in a few dollars per episode. Thanks so much and have a great time. Bye-bye.